You are listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice, episode number 15. Health Interventions has been created by Marsha Kessner, MP, to help other nurse practitioners and medical providers grow their clinical practice and optimize patient care. Whether you are brand new, building your skills and confidence, or a seasoned provider looking to stay sharp in an ever-changing patient population, you will find real-world information to use in everyday practice. Health Interventions for Your Practice focuses on a solid evaluation, lifestyle management, and patient involvement. Hello, everyone. This is Marcia Kessner with Health Interventions for Your Practice. Welcome back to another episode. Um, So you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast regularly, that I focus on the interventions you can put into your practice to improve patient outcomes and overall health with lifestyle modifications. But what about you? What about the provider? I feel like maybe I've neglected talking about ourselves just a little bit. What intervention can I offer to improve your overall health and well-being? I definitely want to continue with additional topics that will assist you in everyday practice, of course, the practice of offering a different approach to managing chronic illness and hopefully preventing chronic illness through health interventions of those lifestyle management of that, excuse me, that lifestyle management, including nutrition, activity, stress reduction, and supporting relationships, both personal and spiritual for complete overall well-being. I, however, do not want to forget that I also want to support the practitioner as a person too. When I say that I want to continue to support our profession, I want to be able to weave into the health interventions for your patient, the health interventions for ourselves. I have been in this profession for a very long time. I became a registered nurse in 1997 after being a nursing assistant for several years. I have worked in the acute care setting of an emergency department. I have worked on a telemetry unit, dabbled in home health, and worked in a neurology practice as that registered nurse. And over this time, I have seen many changes in the way that we deliver care. I have seen it from multiple views, and this history of mine that leads up to my advanced practice role. So as a nurse practitioner, I have worked for someone else to study myself in the advanced level and have since moved on to open a few practices of my own. I can honestly say that having my own practices has been the most fulfilling and rewarding part of my entire career. There's something to be said about making your own decisions and practicing in your own way without being dictated how to practice by someone else, whether it's a supervising, you know, physician or whether it's the owner of the clinic or the hospital system, you know, whatever that is, it's kind of nice to be able to do what you know is right and practice that way um, and not have someone else coming in always wanting to hold you down. But now with that being said, It has also been the most challenging part of my career. I had no way of knowing when I started this that it would soon become the pharmaceutical and insurance companies that dictated the way that I would practice. I have been able to creatively find ways to get around some of that uh, by learning the system, of course, and how to obtain prior authorizations for things, but it is still a lot of work. 
it's still beyond frustrating to have to justify everything you want to do for the patient through someone else before you can get it done. Most often, these authorizations, they want to see notes, tons of notes, and want to go through a bunch of hoops that aren't really necessary to get to the end point. At least not in my opinion. I believe it's such a pain. They waste more time, money, and energy in this process when they would have, than they would have if they'd have just spent a little trust in the judgment of the provider that has been working with the patient. And might I mention that all of this is for lower reimbursement rates to the provider for doing all of this extra work that has came along in the last couple of years. It's gotten really bad. But let's put money aside. Let's not talk about the reimbursement rates because I know many of you have no, um, you don't have to deal with the reimbursement rates. You're working for a salary, um, but you do know that you're working very long hours because you're doing it for the sake of humanity, right? You're doing it to make a difference. You're doing it because you want to help people. You're healing the sick, improving physical wellness, psychological wellness. You're preventing future illness and complications of poorly managed disease processes. So if you are in such a rewarding career with those rewarding outcomes that you're working towards, why aren't you happy? If you're not happy, if you're doing what you set out to do, why aren't you happy? That is assuming that you have reached that point of burnout. Some of you listening haven't met that yet. You haven't gotten there. You're still, you know, loving what you're doing. And God bless you if you are. I am so glad. But maybe you fear that you're going to become burned out. When you start looking at all of the tasks that are building up on you every single day, all of the demands that are coming at you every single day from sources out of your control. Are you afraid that you might become burned out? We unfortunately are an almost, I would call, abused profession. We are taking one for the team from all angles. We have to fight with the insurance companies. We have to fight with pharmaceutical companies. We're the middleman when the patient isn't getting their test done in a timely fashion, whether it's because of a prior authorization that is still pending out of our control or a scheduling holdup at the facility out of our control. Uh, If the pharmacy didn't fill the prescription on time, if the electronic health record didn't complete that transaction of sending the prescription that says on your end it's sent, but the pharmacy says they didn't get it. So of course it's your fault, right? If the cost of the medication is more than they can afford, that's your fault too, right? We're in the middle, we're the ones in the middle of trying to fix and coordinate all of these aspects of healthcare. It isn't the part of sitting, listening to the patient, making recommendations, educating the patient or initiating the plan of care. It's the part of the fight that I just mentioned. And then the endless amount of documentation required to justify the evaluation and management codes being submitted to the insurance company. That's the frustrating part. If you have ever done your own billing and coding and had to modify claims to get them paid, you know that is even more infuriating. The insurance company can decide to not pay you because they no longer like the code that you submitted that used to be the code that got something approved. So you saw the patient, you did the work, and you did not get reimbursed. Where does that happen? And what other other place do you do the work and hope you get paid for it? 
You can fix the codes, but if you haven't done so appropriately in six months, it's taken you that long to figure out what they wanted for many insurance companies, then you don't get paid at all. If it took you more than six months to, you know, look in their crystal ball and figure out what they wanted, you don't get paid. And when you're starting a practice of your own, if you've decided to start your own practice and accept insurance, you are probably trying to be cost effective and manage much of this yourself. So you're very aware of what is happening here. But apparently, outcomes-based reimbursement is supposed to solve many of these problems, right? We shall see. Now, I feel like we are just in the role of becoming a tattler on our patients uh, with that, though, and spending, spending a countless amount of time aside from seeing the patient, giving the insurance company all the right data that they want input into their system, just all the right numbers and all the right codes in hopes of getting reimbursed for the service that we provided, even is happening with outcomes-based reimbursement. But you know, they're going to use a lot of that information against us or the patient because, you know, they they want to know if the outcomes have been met, if they've not been met. You know, what is that number that says, what's their A1C now? What's their cholesterol number? What's their BMI? That's where that's all happening and that's where that's all going. So we'll, we'll see what happens with it. And you know, this, this does sound a little bit negative, doesn't it? I'm sorry. I promise you that no matter how disheartening this may sound so far, I have a purpose. My goal is to address many of these things that you are experiencing in your practice. Control some of these factors on and how to prevent the burnout so that you may hopefully embrace the profession that you love for what you do as you continue to make a difference. Because you have to love what you do, or you wouldn't be doing this. We should all love what we do. No one should be miserable in their profession. You work too hard to get here. Now, we're not going to do all of this in one episode, but as we progress, we're going to get into all of those things. It is well documented that the healthcare profession, particularly nurses, tend to put themselves on the back burner for others. We are caretakers. We feel that we are obligated to take care of everything that comes our way, even if it is at the expense of our own needs. This is definitely going to lead to burnout. Trust me, I have been there. Sometimes I am still in that phase or heading towards that phase, but I have to talk myself through it. I have to, the reasons that I need to take care of me as well. Honestly, I always feel that I'm being a bit selfish if I take off time. I feel that I'm selfish if I don't answer every message from every patient. For several years, I never took a day off. Not one day. I would see the patients all week and do extra work and charting on the weekends. Many times, I'm still guilty of combining my vacation with a conference. Or actually, I should say calling the conference my vacation. When saying that I'm taking off or something that is going to better the outcome of my patients, like a conference, rather than saying I'm taking a vacation because I need to rejuvenate and recharge, I feel less guilty. But you know, at a conference, you're really not getting rest and recharged because you're literally in the conference. You know, everything in my life was consumed by being available to these patients for, you know, whatever might occur. So that's why I feel less guilty if I am doing a conference. 
But I have this problem with thinking that everyone depends on me, right? You know, something terrible might happen if I'm not there, right? What if, what if I can't answer that question? I've committed myself to those patients. They wouldn't understand if I needed a vacation, right? But guess what I found out? My patients understand that sometimes I need a break too. They understand that sometimes I need a vacation and a day off. So after 10 years of owning my own practice, I have learned that lesson. When I open up and I allow myself to be human, I get much needed, honest feedback. I actually get lectured about my own health from some of my patients, you know, and of course, you know, which ones that you're able to you know, speak a little more freely with and, and let down some of the professional guard to say that you feel guilty for taking off my loyal and there are many loyal patients. No, I have given them 200% of myself and I will give them 200%. They know that if they need me, I'm there. I will go above and beyond. I will drop everything else. I will put that extra time into it. I will move heaven and earth if I need to, to get them what they need when they need it. And in return, they will take a little inconvenience if necessary and wait for me to get back from a vacation. I'm learning that it is a give and take relationship. If I am not well and I am burned out, The day may come that I don't go that extra mile. The day may come that I don't listen that extra two minutes to them because I've lost the joy of what I do and I'm just going through the motions. What happens when I miss something important because I'm just going through the motions? What if I'm not willing to take that chance anymore? I'm not willing to take that chance anymore. And I say anymore because I have been there and I have seen myself losing the love for my profession and not being present. But thanks to some pretty amazing people in my life, including staff and patients, I was pulled out from the dark side. I now try to be very aware of my own sleep, nutrition, exercise, and self-care. I am never going to change my workaholic personality, okay? But I am better able to manage it. Awareness is an important key to success, success in anything that you lead out to do. Whether that success is in self-care and self-management or any other aspect of life. How often have you given that same advice to your patients? How often have you told them that they are no good to anyone if they are unable to be there for someone because of their own decline in health? My challenge to you is to start with a little self-care. Start with being aware of yourself and your own needs. And ask yourself if you need a break. And if you do take that break. Don't take your charting on that break. If your break is a three-day weekend, that's enough. Do a little self-analysis. Take a little time to breathe. 
I will be continuing a little more on this topic of self-care and managing the work overload in the next episode. I had to break this up a little bit because, you know, it's it's time for you to stop and think about this and reflect on this instead of me to continue on. In the next part, I'm going to share an encounter that I had with the significant other of a nurse practitioner. You're not going to want to miss that one because that's going to help. So after you've reflected on yourself, I'm going to help you to see it from someone else's perspective, from the perspective of someone that you love. So this episode was to stop, reflect, think about your own self-care, schedule that out. After you've done your self-reflection, I want you to stop and look at your year ahead. Look at your calendar, schedule your vacation. Schedule a couple mini vacations. Because if you wait for the right time to take a vacation, it is not going to happen. I was given this advice a few years ago by the wife of a doctor that I had met at a conference. And she tried to help me, but it's taken me several years to learn the lesson that she tried to tell me. And when she said to me, schedule your vacations now or they won't happen. I thought, oh my goodness, I've got too much to work to do. I can't take a vacation. You know, I'm building the practice. I'm there. I'm the only provider. You know, I'm in a rural healthcare setting. You know, my patients are my family and my friends and my community and they depend on me. I, I can't take these vacations. I can't schedule three vacations a year. That's what she recommended was three vacations a year. And now I have scheduled myself three vacations a year. Now, some of them are mini vacations. I'm not saying I take off three weeks a year because that's just not me. I can't do it. But I have taken off three mini vacations, two full weeks, and then a few mini long weekends along the way so that I force myself to stop, to relax, to rejuvenate. And if you've been doing this for long enough, you know your peak seasons. You know when you're going to need that rest and that relaxation and that recharge. Don't work through all the holidays. Remember your family, which is what we're going to talk about in the next episode. But listen, you got to take care of you so you can take care of the patients because you don't want to get to that burnout level where you miss something because you're not all there. Thank you for listening to your to this podcast. I know it was a little bit more of a, a chill, mellow out one, but we need this. And the next couple of episodes are going to be the same. We're going to stop. We're going to take care of ourselves. And then we're going to move back in to the other stuff and to the patient. If you're loving my podcast, please give me a a review on iTunes so that others can find this podcast to help themselves and help their patients. And of course, you can always find more of me at healthinterventions.net, my Facebook page, Instagram page. You can go to the show notes for this at nphealthinterventions.com forward slash 15. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss all the things I have to share. And I want you to have a great week. Maybe fill with many health interventions for yourself. Thank you for listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice. If you like this podcast, please take the time to rate, review, and share. If you'd like more health interventions for your practice, you can visit mphealthinterventionsforproviders.com and sign up for the Health Interventions newsletter.